the small stuff. Uh, this is hopefully going to be the first actual honest to goodness video podcast. And I'm just Instagramming. And you're I'm, I'm not even paying attention. <laughs> I'm Instagramming. <laughs> so uh, this is your host, Brian Evans. With me, as always, is Dan Zisco. Hi. You can see his uh, bright, shiny hi. face there. So he looks into the camera, and that's fine. Uh, since this is, oh, this is October 13th? Today is the 13th? Today is the, the 13th. 13th. Yes, yes, today is October 13th. This is the day of the Democratic... Uh, I know, it's going on in Vegas. It's happening right now, I At think, the win, I believe. So, you, yeah, well, the win. We don't really like Mr. Win because he's an ass. But, you know, a lot is of people... He? Yes, he is. He is a complete and utter insufferable ass. I've heard Having that. lived in Las Vegas, oh, okay. Well, I, I have, I have actually heard that he is an insufferable ass. He is an insufferable. But ass. he did build the Bellagio, yes, and the win and the encore. So there is something yes. to be said. So, I mean, I'm not saying that he doesn't know his shit regarding making money in hotel casinos in Las Vegas, unlike Donald Trump. <laughs> Here's what gets me: Donald Trump had a rally in Las Vegas, and he didn't even go to his own hotel. They didn't even go to his own hotel. Which there's no casino. There's no in. casino in his hotel. Yeah. And the people, and I, I say this as someone who actually gambles, but the people who are going to support Donald Trump are going to be found near a slot machine. Now, I'm, I'm, I gamble, but I'm like, you have a hotel. You have your own yeah. hotel yeah. in Las Vegas. Yeah. So this time in, we're going to do probability. And we're going to be talking about um, gambling, specifically, how probability relates to gambling, because MusingsCon 2015 is coming Yay! up. We're going up to Vegas. Hopefully, we'll have some fun there. Now, I did indeed. I talked. I'm staying at the RM. 38 days. You're staying at... Uh, the El Cortez the El downtown. Cortez, as you always do. We always do. I talked to um, the MGM Aria people to ask them. You know, we're coming to town. I'm doing this thing. We do this thing. I have my podcast. I like to talk about, you know, the little details about how things go. And we're doing a gambling. I'm doing a gambling one about this sort of thing. Could I? you give um, um, lessons on how to gamble yeah. to all the various people there? Could I come and talk to one of your uh, instructors? And, you know, not, you know, I'm not looking for great things, but just like, what's it like to yeah. be in a casino? What does the pit boss do? And all these little things and they sent me a very nice letter back and saying yes we are not going to avail ourselves of this <laughs> opportunity at this time so but you know what nothing ventured nothing gained yes you yeah, asked the worst they could say is no right yeah the worst so. they could say is no so you asked and that's yeah absolutely fine so we'll have to see uh whether or not uh, i might talk to some other casino and see what goes on I, there, so. i'm wondering if you actually could send that same email to where i'm staying <laughs> they might throw people at you <laughs> this is the hotel where i went to not complain and they're like just come into the back office and hang out with us for a while a little bit of a different environment okay. shall we so. say Probability. Probability. And, and I have my little notes right here. To this is how Brian does this every I do time. I do my notes because notes are good. Notes let me know what the hell I'm going to talk about. They're so much nicer than just having a board where who knows what on earth you're going to talk about while I rearrange a few things here. I bought, a, I bought I bought. speaking because you've got a tablet, yep. I did buy a tablet. Well, so. Rian and I bought a one of the new 7-inch fires. Okay. It's perfect. It is like the perfect size. <laughs> it's not as big as yours, but it is yeah. it is a good $50 yeah. tablet. Cool. So. So, probability. Probability. Probability is the science of likelihood. And so, if you have an action that has many possible outcomes, how likely are each of those outcomes to happen? And that's, that's the idea of probability. probability. Okay. And while gambling is about as old as humanity itself, <laughs> we can get right down to it, it was only when Blaise Pascal 
Yes, that Pascal. Oh, okay. From which we have the unit of pressure in scientific bits, the Pascal, which is one newton per square meter. If you read, my, if you went to my old uh, uh, podcast about units, uh, the Pascal the is one of them. And, read the notes. Uh, Pierre Fermat of Fermat's Last Theorem. Yes. They were the ones that really codified probability as a science of mathematics and formalized okay. it. Because I mean, people had you know general ideas of what it is, but they actually dove into the concept of what is probability and how does it work and what do we need to do about it. In simple dice games and tables, they were easy to create. Even Galileo had done some work in that field, but it wasn't really until the 1600s that we really got a science of probability okay. going together. Now, it kind of seems obvious what probability is in the sense of a gambling game. You know, it's probably is a huge field regarding that. So it's a good idea to come up with what is probability. So depending upon what you're trying to do, probability can mean a few different things. Okay. For instance, first view of probability has to do with frequencies. That is a statistical analysis of the results. You roll a die a large number of times under similar conditions and you keep track of the results and you get you know a one showed up this many times and a two showed up this many times and so on the problem is what is a large number because you know you want to do enough so that you More don't have 10. any flukes coming through there but how do you determine what a large number is yeah. so that you're not overkilling, so you know you can keep on rolling, keep on rolling. You never know; maybe you still have that flute going on there. And what do you mean by similar conditions? <laughs> These are things that you have to deal with. Is yeah. it sufficient to just sort of drop it from a height? To, you know, if you're dealing with a coin flip, is it sufficient to just kind of flick it with your thumb into the air and let it land on the ground? Or is there something else that you have to do? Or are all of those things equivalent? So it's kind of hard to determine what is sufficient to be able to deal with it if you're okay. just dealing with, with a frequency thing. Um, and after all, we know that no process is perfect, no matter what. No, because we've discussed right. why that is. In yes, no matter podcast. how many times we throw the die, it's extremely unlikely to get a little circular about it. It's extremely unlikely for the results to always be exactly perfect yes. for however many times you roll it. So... Uh, like under like Mendel's peas. Do you know Mendel? Do you know about Mendel and his pea plants and evolution and all that? The way we started cross pollinating yes. peas. He to was get, yes. He was trying to figure out the rules of inheritance, and he had these little pea plants, and he realized, okay, some pea plants grow tall, and some pea plants go short, and some make yellow peas, and some make green peas, and some are all kind of wrinkly, and some are all kind of smooth, and so he did all this little crossbreeding to try and figure out which traits are dominant, which traits are recessive, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And if you look through his notes. His results are statistically perfect. Wow. That's not impossible. impossible. <laughs> so That's he was, not possible. He was fudging his data. <laughs> <laughs> but was, you learn about him in biology, was, high school biology. He was right, but he was faking his data is the problem there. So how far away from perfection can we get? Because we know it's never going to be perfect. Mm -hmm before we start to consider the probability to be something other than perfection. That is, how far away from what you would expect can you get before it's like, ooh, something weird is going on. Yeah. This coin isn't fair. This dice isn't, you know, there's, there's something, not, there's right something not right about what's going on. So, and even then, that assumes that you can even run the experiment a bunch of times. For instance, what's the probability of you buying a house this year? Zero. <laughs> well... 
we could we no, can and not zero. Run, but because we can never run that experiment yeah. again once it's done. Because after this year is over, it's not like we can go back and run through the year again and see if you'd make a different decision based upon you know putting you in the same conditions. Right. We'll, we'll wipe your memory 1%. and put you back there. So. So that gets into what we call the classical interpretation, which is just to assume okay. that all outcomes are equally likely. You count up the number of possibilities, like six for die. There so, are six yeah, on a six standard die. You get a six-sided die. There are six. And the probability that each outcome should sum up to one. Because the, you rolled the die, you got an outcome, you know you got something, mm -hmm. and each face has an exact one-sixth probability for that. You just assume that, assuming that everything is fair. Okay. okay. Now, the problem with that is that the definition is kind of circular. <laughs> probability is defined in terms of the equal probability of outcomes, but it assumes that all outcomes are, are equal. equal. So you need to be able to handle the unequal outcomes, and thus probability is formalized into a study of how to manage outcomes that aren't necessarily equal. Okay. It picks up the fact, if all things are equal, that makes the calculations really, really easy. Very simple. But if you start dealing with, okay, well, this is a little bit more likely, this is a little bit less likely, despite the fact that you have certain outcomes, it makes it easier. So that kind of gets into set probability now, or set theory, I should say. A set is a collection of things, mm -hmm. okay? So, with regard to math, it really doesn't matter what the things are, you know, so especially with regards to probability. So it's just like we'll call it for a die, the outcomes. So for a six-sided die, the set of possible outcomes is one, two, two three, four, three, four, four five, five, six. Okay. Now, given that set, we can break it down into subsets. So the set of even numbers for that would be two, two four, four, and six. six. And so by comparing the full set of outcomes, we can determine the li how likely it is to get an item in the subset. Oh, okay. So you compare, it's it's a bit of comparing sizes. It makes it really, really easy to say that if, if I roll a six-sided die, there are three outcomes in the set of even numbers three out of six outcomes in the set, set of, of the whole. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Out yeah, out of, out, of, out of all of them. So, you have so three therefore, out of... three out of six are, are, those or... are my... Pro, that's my probability of getting an even number if I roll the die. So, which is fifty percent, which 50%, makes sense. Exactly. Okay, yeah, so, it all makes sense. For games like craps, it's because that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about craps. This is hopefully going to be a uh, uh, possibly a three-part series here. Oh, this is awesome! Uh, and part two about, will be in Vegas. Well, it depends upon how maybe it depends upon when you're available. So, part one we're going to be dealing with craps today. Uh, the next one we're going to be dealing with blackjack. And then the third one will probably be poker. Will's uh, game. We get into the <laughs> poker. And maybe I was good. I was thinking of throwing roulette in there, but roulette is such a simple game to analyze. Yeah. So it's really more along the lines of realizing just how bad the odds are at at uh, roulette that they're paying you. Yeah, we so. won. That's the only game we won on last time we played. Literally. How, how did you win at roulette? The only game anybody won on last oh. time we went was roulette. Okay. Well, did you play craps? No, I oh. have played craps. Okay. I generally lose, not because I don't know what I'm doing, but because I'm like, I'm going to bet everything. I'm going to teach you at least how to play <laughs> craps sanely because this guy over here, when he plays blackjack, I have to stand behind him I and only tell do it, him, I only do it once. don't split 
your tens. Sometimes you have to split your tens. Sometimes you have, no. a, fee- Sometimes you have no. a feeling, Brian. If you're counting cards, maybe. <laughs> you got a feeling. But... <laughs> like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to split my tens. I got okay. a feeling. So, for games like craps, it's pretty simple to determine what your <laughs> outcomes are. Because that can be done by what we call a brute force method. And by that, I mean you just write down every single possible. You don't abstract it. You don't do sums in the air and stuff like that. You just write everything down. So across, you can make a little chart. Across the, the across the top, you have one die, and down the other side, you have the other die. So you have you could get a one and a one, and that sums to a two. And you can get a one and a two, and that sums to th- uh, three, and a one and a four. And you just write it all out, and there are 36 possible outcomes, because you got six across, six down. six down, making sums anywhere from two to 12. Yes. Okay. It's like playing Settlers of Catan. Right. So... The, in, I have a little table here, and hopefully I will have a little uh, chart to show what's going on there. Uh, that'll be in the video. I can intersplice it in. It's going to be so cool. Go, uh, hopefully, hopefully it'll all work. Uh, so the first column, we have all the six possibilities of the first die, and the first row shows all the six possibilities of the second die, and you add it up together. But wait, first die. Again, okay, craps has two dice, but which one, which one is, is the, the first, first die? die? How do we know that one? Well, what we could do is we could color them. We could make like one of them green and one of them red. And as long as we always call the green die, so this is what's on the green die and this is what's on the red die. And it's yeah. and it'll work out just fine. They don't have to be the same color, but if they are the same color, you just need to be able to distinguish this one is always considered first die and this one is always considered second die. And it really doesn't matter which is which, mm-hmm. so long as you're consistent every time you do it. So that's really all that's about. That's how you, you just arbitrarily make a choice. A lot of stuff is just arbitrary. Now, this is going to change a little bit when we get into poker because the order of the cards doesn't really matter in poker. Because if I hand you an ace and a ke- jack and a king and a queen and a ten, that's a straight no matter what. No matter how you got in that order as yeah. well as if I did it ace, king, queen, jack, ten. The order in which Does poker cards show up doesn't matter in craps it does matter which die is which weird in order to determine your probabilities really yes because i'm just all right i'm gonna let you i'm gonna let you finish because the reason why we do that you'll notice that there are six ways to roll a seven yes you can get a one on the first die and a six on the second die or you can get a six on the first die and a one on the second die and those are two separate things Yes. Even though you have a one and a six, those two dice are separate, and you need to be able to distinguish between okay. them so that we can determine a one six from a six one. So that's why. And then you have two five and, and five, five two. two, and then three four and four three. And that's why you have six different ways of rolling a seven off of two dice. Yes. Yeah. Compared to two and 12, where there's only one, one way, way to do it, mm-hmm. you two need to one and a one to get a two or a six and a six to get a 12. So that means there are 36 ways to roll the dice of which six of them are a seven. And so therefore the probability of getting a seven are six out of 36. And since six is divides into 36, you can reduce that to one One, and six, one and six, one and six. So now you can then use that table of, okay, well, if these are the probabilities of everything, to figure out the odds for playing craps. So to play craps, the way that craps actually works is you roll the die, or dice, and if it comes up a 7 or an 11, you automatically win. 
Yay! When the get point is not on. Right. Well, we're going to get to that. We'll, we'll get to, to, to terminology at this point, but just the basic concept is you start it. The game has not. Zero. This the game, is the very first very, time that anybody has rolled the dice. Nobody has ever played craps right, ever. Right. So you roll the <laughs> dice, you get a seven, you get an 11. Everybody wins. wins. Well, if you have bet to win, you, you win. win. Right. If you've, made, if you've placed a pass bet, then you have won. Because you can also bet against, against the, the roll. Right, which is different. <laughs> if you roll a 2, a 3, or a 12, that's craps, and you automatically lose. That's the first thing. Now, this seems like a pretty good bet. Because if you take a look at the chart, there are six ways to roll an 11, or a 7, and there are two ways to roll an 11. So that means 8 of those 36 are winning rolls. But there's one way to roll a 2, and there's one way to roll a 12, and there's only two ways to roll a 3. So there are four losers. Well, there are eight ways to win, four ways to lose. Hey, this is a great bet. I should take it, right? I have a 2 to 1 chance of winning, right? Well, there's more to that now. But wait. There's wait. Now, in some sense, if you're reading along in my notes, you'll notice that I've got eight to four odds of winning, and I've changed my phrasing there. I started off with one in six, and now I'm saying two to one sort of thing. Those are referring to the probabilities that are phrasing it a little bit different. And the first way, when I say X in Y, I'm setting the number of desired outcomes out of the total possible number one. So one in six mm -hmm. means there's one possibility out of the six that I'm hoping for that I'm getting. Whereas the X2Y refers to the relative percentages of each one of them. Exactly. There are two ways to this and one way to you, that You one. are twice as likely to win in your basic right. math than you are right. to hit the 2, 3, right. or 12. 2 to 1 basically means there are two ways to win and one, one way, way to, to lose. lose. 1 in 6 means there's one way to win out, out of, of 6, six possibilities. possibilities. And in this so case, it's a, really 6 out of right. 36, but we right. reduce the fraction. Right. But the point is that the same is that in probability there's lots of ways to say the same thing you can do this one in you can do the uh, x in y you can say x to y or you can give a percentage because the percentages when you add them all up have to equal one because one is the probability is a guaranteed probability if you have a probability of one then it works so you can do it with percentages as well so rather than saying one in six i could say 16.666 percent and that's all the same thing it's just different ways of phrasing it to emphasize what it is that you're talking about are you talking about the relationship between the subset to the full set or are you talking about the relationship of one set to, to another? another set so it it's yeah yeah no i got you i got you but they all mean the same thing now this Real, this can become a problem when you actually start placing a bet because you want to win an amount that represents the amount of risk that you took in placing the bet. So yes. suppose I put a bet on the craps table that you'll win a winning total on the next toss. What should I win as a reward if I do with that? Because clearly if I bet a dollar, winning a penny isn't Is, enough. No. And winning $100 is way too much but for that awesome. sort of <laughs> But it'd be way too much for that. And that's where the odds phrasing of it comes to thing. If I tell you how much you will win if you bet a certain amount for a single toss, if I put up $2, I should win a dollar sort of thing. That's because there's only half as many ways to lose as, as to win. win. 
just on that concept of we're going to ignore any other possibility, just that 7 or 11, 2, 3, 12, there are eight ways to win, one way to lose. So if I put up $2, I should only win a dollar back. So you're going to put up right. two and you're going to get three yeah, back. Right. It's, Essentially. Well, total three total back. Total three but back. I will win an extra dollar yes. on top of my bet, which I will get back. But if you've ever played craps, you know you put a bet down on the first roll of the dice and it comes up 711. You don't win half the amount of your bet. You win the full amount of your bet. You win even money, one-to-one -one odds. Which, wow, I'm getting more back than what I bet. This is a really good deal. <laughs> Not only do I have twice the number of ways to win as to lose, I'm getting more money back than I really ought to. How on earth does the casino make money out of this? So... <coughs> That's because oh, dear. there's a lot of other numbers that you can roll other than 2, two 3, three 12, 12, 7, or 11. Yes. So for craps, if you roll a 4, 5, or 6, an 8, 9, or 10, the game changes. Yep. Because that first roll is, if you rolled any of those previous numbers, it was an automatic win, automatic loss. If you roll a 4, 5, 6, 8, 9, or 10, the game is now up in the air. Because you need to roll some dice more. So you have to keep on rolling your dice until you either roll the same number again, and that's called your point. When you rolled your 4, 5, 6, 8, 9, or 10, that's called your point. Mm -hmm. And now you need to keep on rolling the dice until you either roll that number again. Who on earth is calling me at this time? So uh, at this point, I'm going to... Actually, because... Yeah. See, this is what happens when I record inside my own home and don't turn off my damn phone. <laughs> that is the landline, and who on earth is calling me at this hour? So, this may get edited out. We may continue on there. So, you roll your 4, 5, or 6, 8, 9, or 10, and you get a point. And now you have to keep on rolling dice. Until you get that number until again. Until you either get that number again, or you roll a 7. If you get the number again, yay, you won. If you rolled a 7, oh, you, you lost. lost. That's the way that it works. And it all, any other number doesn't matter. So if my first roll was an 8, and I roll the dice again, and I get a 10, that's neither a win nor a lose, and I keep on, yeah. and I roll the dice again. And if I rolled a 6, well, that's still not an 8, nor is it a and 7. And you just so keep, I keep rolling. rolling. And rolling and rolling and rolling in order to get either that. Now, as we noticed previously, a 7 is the most likely number to roll. So <coughs> the odds are no longer in my favor. Exactly. On the first roll, the roll, the odds are in my favor. But uh, if I have to keep rolling, the odds have switched to the house's favor, which is where the casino makes its money. So, you are more likely to roll seven, crap out, than anything as it's else. often called, than, and then you are to hit your point again. So what that means is, for my original bet, when there were eight ways to win and four ways to lose... Well, now I have all these other numbers that I need to sort of add into that. If I roll a four, sometimes I'll win and sometimes I'll lose. And what I need to determine is if I roll a four, how likely am I to roll a four again before I roll a seven again and parcel out that division yeah. to the win parts onto the win side and the losing parts onto the losing side in order to determine what my probability is and what my actual bet should be for this that I'm getting there. So, ah, there we go. Now, so if you take a look at our chart again, three ways to roll a four compared to six ways to roll a seven. So if I roll a four, 
The odds are three to six against me. Okay. There are also three raised to roll a ten. So the odds are the same thing. On the, so on for the, the four, four and, and the, the ten, ten, they have the same odds on both sides. And you're continuing this on for five and nine, they're four to six. Again, there are four ways to roll a five or a nine mm-hmm. compared to six, six ways to roll a seven. And there are five ways to roll a six or an eight Versus compared to six, six ways to, to deal with that. So, But look at what it is we've just done. We've just listed out our possible outcomes and determined if they're a winner or a loser. We've got three to four, or three to six, four to six, five to six, twice because they're because there's this, unbe- four, exactly. five, six, and eight, nine, ten. So the way you can do that. So what we've done there to figure out the probability of winning to roll a four, all you have to do is multiply those together. There are three ways out of thirty-six. It's going to affect the odds by three thirty-sixths of okay of the thing. So if you roll a four. Your odds of winning are 336, and your odds of losing are 636. So you would add to the winning side 336 percentage, or a fraction. Fraction. And then on the losing side, you would add 636. And you do that for each one. And you'll notice that rather than being 2 to 1, they start to even out. Yeah. There. So that brings up the third way of expressing things, the fractions, which I had talked about before. So you can derive that from the other two. If you take the number of winning ways and divide it by the total number of ways to get an outcome, that's your percentage chance. One over six, 16.66%. The other way to do it, if I tell you two to one, then you would add those numbers together because that's your total and then take your number divided. So two to one would be two thirds on one side and one, one third, third on the, on other, the other. other. So all you need to do then is start multiplying these numbers together to figure out what it is that's going on. So if you have a point of four in your head with cocktails and, and people have, screaming at yes, you. Yes, yes. <laughs> so Just remember point, that. So if you have a point of four. Okay. So you've so you've rolled the dice. Right. The point has gone on to four, which means you have to roll a four again before you roll a seven. But the chances of a four showing up at all is three out of thirty-six, and your chances of losing if you've rolled a four. Four out of thirty-six. There's there. Oh no 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 no! Because it's one and what? It's three and one, one and three, and two and two. Right. That's your three. There's There's only only three three possibilities. There's only three ways to roll a four. So the chances of a four showing up in the first place is three out of thirty-six, or three thirty-six, mm-hmm. and the chances of you losing are three ninths, because there are three ways to win and six ways to lose. So nine ways total that the game that the game will end, because all the other numbers don't, don't matter. Yes. So you multiply those together. Three thirty-six and three ninths, and you have a total loss. The percentage. nine ways to the nine ways to lose comes from the. The, the six ways Wait, to lose comes from the seven. Percent. Right. Okay. Right. That Okay, so that makes sense. Right. So you, 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 there are three possible outcomes that'll give you a four. There's six, six possible outcomes, outcomes that'll give you a seven. seven. The total possible so outcomes are nine. Nine. Because nothing matters. Because nothing else matters. Only four and seven matter at this point at in this the game. At this point in the game. And then you, you multiply those it's together. Multiply, so you multiply 336 by three ninths, and that's your chance of losing. Which for four is 136th. And you would add that to the losing side of the column. And similarly for 10. Now for a 5, you've got 436 chance of that appearing. There are four ways to roll a 5 and 36 ways to roll the dice in general. And your chances of losing 
are four and ten. Because there's it's the four plus the six right. makes the ten. Right. So. so there are four out of ten. So you multiply those together and you get two forty fifths. And I have this wonderful little chart and you get it together and thus for six and eight it's twenty five out of three hundred and ninety six and blah blah blah. And you add all of those fractions up and you get a number hundred and thirty four over four hundred and ninety five. 134 495 <laughs> and when you add the 836th chance of rolling a 7 or 11 on the first roll you have a 244 out of 495 percent chance or fraction of winning did you do the percentage? Or I, I said percentage, but, but did two, you did you yes. do the percentage? Yes, okay, I have so done I don't have to. I don't actually have to figure 244, it out. Two forty four divided by four hundred ninety five is just <coughs> under four nine point two nine percent. Yes, it's just under fifty percent by about point uh, seven point seven yeah, percent. Yeah, it's about right. It's about point seven ish. So that means the mm. house is cheating you. Yeah, it's less than it's less than a percent yes. in the house's favor, but yes. it's still in their favor. Because what when you win in craps, they just pay you even money. You bet a dollar, you get a dollar. But your risk was slightly worse than just one to one. So rather than getting a dollar back, you should be getting a dollar and a penny. But they don't carry pennies, and they're not going to give you a penny. And besides, the house needs to make their money somehow. Yeah, but on... And so they keep that money. But on thousands of rolls every yeah. day, on yeah. thousands of bets yes. every day, yes. those pennies add up. That's how the casino makes their money. The accountant brand is like, all right, let's do it. Like, you know, those pennies all become something. Yes. That's how That's how the, the, the casino's got to make their money somehow. Now, and so what I have right here... And the same way on the other side. So rather than paying you even money, you should be betting two hundred. You should be getting two hundred fifty-one to two hundred forty-four. If you put down a bet of two hundred forty-four dollars, you should you get two hundred fifty-one dollars back. You should win three. You should you should win three dollars on. You, well, you should win the seven dollars. The seven. Oh yes, right. it's not three dollars. It's seven dollars. Right. And so, like I said, that's how from earlier. They're, they're not paying you true odds. Now, this can be seen across a whole bunch of other bets that are on the table on craps. So, for instance, there's a place called, you know, rolling an eight the hard way. And what that means is you roll the dice and you're betting that it's going to, that it's going to total eight. And it's going to total eight by rolling a four and a four specifically because there's only one way to do that. And that's very hard. I don't know if that's what that means, but compared to well, it's because it's the hard <coughs> it's way. It's the because hardest way. Yes. There are, well, there are other ways to get an eight. You can get a two six. You can get a three, three five, five. And there are four ways of doing that compared to one way of getting an eight specifically as a four four one so out of 36 the hard way yes. so you're rolling an eight the hard way so since there's only one way to roll a four four and there are six ways to roll a seven and four ways to roll an eight and some some other way there are 11 outcomes of which one is a winner and 10 are a loser either because you didn't roll it the right way or you rolled a seven and you and crapped you out. Because, again, seven, nothing right. else matters. Seven, Thus, fair odds would be to win 10 for betting 1. But you'll actually only get 9. You're gonna again, lose because you're going to... But wait! I hear some of you cry. I'm looking at the table. I'm looking at this craps table right now. And it says 10 for 1. Why am I only getting 9? Because notice what they said there. They didn't say 10 to Two, 1. They ten said 10 one. Four one F O R 
four. So what's going to happen is you'll put your one, right. you'll roll your two fours, they will take they that, will one take that one away, and, and they will give you, give you two fives. They will give you a ten. Or yes. depending upon that. The casino, trying, yeah. If they're trying to color you up. <laughs> yeah, no. whatever it is, you're, 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 they're going to take that one away. You right. don't get that back, and they'll give you a take. Right. You feel like you've won ten so bucks. There's a little you've thing. only won nine. You've only won nine. Now, here's a little, little thing. It's called coloring up. Um, when oh, like you sell it coloring up. Yes. When, <laughs> when you are betting, suppose you are at a table. <laughs> Don't ask and, guys. And the limit is a five, it's a $5 lower limit on the thing. So you have a whole bunch of $5 chips and you've been betting and you've been betting and you've been betting and you might've gotten something back where your bet back is coming back as 25. So rather than giving you five chips, they will give you a $25 chip in the hopes that you will eventually collect enough of these $25 chips that instead of betting the $5 chips, you start betting the, you start betting the $25 chips. It's called coloring up. It's in some sense a little sneaky thing that casinos do to try and get more money out of you. Depending upon the dealer, it'll be a good thing, bad thing, etc. That sort of stuff. A lot of casinos, they don't really, it, it's, I wouldn't say they encourage it or anything, but it's, it's, it all depends upon how good your dealer is and whether or not your dealer likes you and wants to keep you around and keep you playing, etc. Because if you start coloring up, you're going to start losing your money even faster, and then you're no longer playing, and that's bad. Yeah. So that's it's it's iffy as to whether or not they're going to do that. So back to that. So you bet a dollar there. So when the uh, when the table says ten for one, we figure that out. So if you take a look at the other bets on that table. You'll see that their odds are just as bad. Oh Love my them. god. If you throw So it's it's really, really bad to deal with that. They're just things like rolling a six or an eight the hard way. The big six, the big eight. Oh, those the are field. terrible. Um I I'm gonna play the field. I'm you know, that's there's all these other little things. It's the because it's not so much that it's a bad bet in and of itself. It's that they are not giving you fair odds for the bets that you are taking. If they were giving you fair odds, then it doesn't really matter whether or not you take the bet because over the long haul, you would come out exactly even. Mm -hmm. If there's a two to one bet, okay, well that means there are two ways to lose and one way to win. And so I have three units and I bet one on the first time and it loses. And I bet a one for the second way and it loses. And I bet a one on the third one and it pays out two to one. Well, I now have three. I started with three. I lost three and got three back. So I'm exactly where I was at the start of the thing. So if it's fair odds, that's fine. But the casino is not giving you fair odds. But wait. In craps, there is. Craps has the only fair bet in the entire casino. And I know what you're going to say, yes. It is not on that first roll. Mm-mm. It's on the second roll. It's called taking odds. Yep. And the way that that works is that if you don't roll a 7 or a 10 and you don't roll a 2, 3, or 12, you get a point. The point goes on. 4, 5, 6, 8, 9, 10. You can then make a second bet that you are saying, I am going to win this. I know I put a bet down to begin with saying that I was going to win just in general. But I rolled a six, and now I'm going to make a second bet that says I am specifically going to roll a six before I roll a seven. Yes. And that bet that's called taking odds, the casino pays off on that with 
even with true it, odds. It's true odds. True odds on that. And because of that, it actually reduces the house's edge yes. if you take that bet. Over the long haul, too. Over the long haul. So, Which uh, I this, always take that bet You always have to take that. Because so. it is good odds. I mean, it's the best odds you're going to get in a casino. So suppose your point is four. Okay. Okay. So there are three ways, three ways to roll a four and six ways to roll a seven. Thus, the odds are six to three against you, uh, which is the same as a two to one. So for your pass bet, if you roll a four before rolling a seven, you're only going to get paid one to one. But for your odds bet, you're going to get paid two to one. Mm -hmm. So, And that's, like I said, it's the only fair bet in the entire casino. And because of that, craps is one of the best games to play in the casino since you can make... Uh, now, granted, the house edge for craps is pretty dinky to begin with for plain stuff. Not all the other really bad bets, but for the straight, plain game of craps, the house's percentage is tiny. It's 1.4%. Gets nothing. Which is hardly anything. It's technically better than blackjack, just played straight without any card counting. Um, so, that's, craps is really real. But with the odds bet, you can reduce it even more. Yeah. So... The way you deal with that, the way to play craps is, first, you place a bet using a multiple of three. Whatever the whatever the unit is, you need to leak it. So if, if your base chip is $1, you're going to be playing $3. Or if your base chip is 5 you're going to be playing $15. 15. you got to do it. And the reason that you do this is because we're talking about single odds, a single odds craps table. And I'll show, explain what that means in a brief moment. So... You make your pass bet, which is basically the bet at the start of the thing that says, I think I'm going to win. I'm going to put my bet down, and I think I'm going to win. I'm either going to roll a 7 or 11, or I'm either going to make a point, and then make – I'm going to roll a point, and then make the point. Because and as just, we discussed before, before right. the 7 or the 11 right. is going to come up right. way more right. than anything else. So That's a good bet. Right. But that's just the general bet is that I am going to win, either by winning outright – or by making a point and then making the point again. Yes. So, once I do that, if I roll a 7 or 11, yay, I won. I take my winnings. Again, put a pass line down. If I roll a 2, 3, or a 12, ooh, I lost. Lose my bet. But again, put a pass line put a, bet. Yes. You put a pass <laughs> line bet down. This time, I don't roll 7 or 11, and I don't roll craps. I roll a point. So now I put the odds bet down, and this is why you wanted to do it in sets of three, because for straight single odds, since they're going to be paying you the actual amount, if you do it in sets of three, because the problem is when you start dealing, for, for four and ten, it's really easy, two to one. Whatever it is they put down, they're just going to double it and give it back to you. But for five and eight, it's not two to one. Um, I have it here in my notes there. So it's oh it's for six. That's on a six point. The odds are six to five, and two doesn't divide into five very well. If you put down two, yeah, you don't really divide in there. So if you had bet five dollars, you'd win six. If you but two is forty percent of five. So if you bet two dollars, you'd get back two dollars and forty cents. And no casino has forty, 40 cents. cents just sitting around. They don't have coins around there. So what they will do is they'll let you increase your odds bet on those numbers that are weird, like 6, 8, 
uh, five and nine. Mm -hmm. So that's why you do it in three. So that when you put, if you do it on the four, you can put down three chips because you started with three, you put down three and they will give you six back. Six. On the next one, you put down four. Even though your original bet was three, you're gonna fudge it a little and put down a little bit more and give you four because the odds are four to six. And when, if you win, they will give you six back. And similarly for the uh, six you and put eight, five. you put down five chips because, again, the odds are five That's to six, six. And so, therefore, they let you increase your bet a little bit more so that they can give you a nice amount of money to give you for that. So that's why they're doing that because five and nine is three to two, six to five, etc. Now, there are some casinos that increase that even more. Yes. They will have double odds. 10 times odds there are even some craps tables that will have 100 times odds on those odds bets if you can afford it take it because again this is the only fair bet in the casino and because it's fair in the long run it doesn't matter if you're winning or losing because you will come out uh, even. even you will You'll come, come out, out even. even and if you get on a good streak such that you are very far ahead on a five dollar bet or if you're if you're doing the, because you're doing it in units of three on a fifteen dollar bet if you can put down fifteen hundred dollars as your hundred times odds bet and it comes up congratulations you just made a buttload of money on that bet yeah so and at that point you can say yep i'm cashing out see you I later just, i just paid for my room and <laughs> i that sort of thing and you can get out of there really really fast in fact when you take a hundred times odds bets the house edge goes down to like 0.0006 percent it's tiny minuscule small it's still in the house's favor yeah, everything because there are favor. still more ways to roll a seven than there are to roll the other numbers. But because they are paying you fair odds on this amount of money, let me get that in there, fair amount of odds on this amount of money compared to the house advantage on that amount of money, it comes out in your favor, or at least more accurately, more, it comes out more closer to being fair even. odds, even odds on that sort of thing. So that's what it is that you want to do. Now, so you do that for the first roll. You put down a point, and then you make an odds bet on top of that. Do you just sit there and do nothing? No. You can. You can. It's boring. You can, but you shouldn't. You should continue on and keep going. So now what you make is what's called a come bet. And if you look at the table, you notice there's a great big thing there that says come on it. C-O-M-E, don't. <laughs> As Archer might say, freezing. 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 <laughs> 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 nicely so, done. Nicely done. So you've set up your pass bet and you put down odds. And so what the come bet is, is it essentially starts everything over again. Because the pass line, you've rolled a point and now the game has changed to, we're rolling to see whether or not you're gonna hit your point or you're gonna hit a seven. What the come bet does is say, let's pretend that we're starting from scratch. I want this, whatever dice rolls up next, if it comes up seven or 11, great, I win my come bet. If it's 7 or 11, I will lose my pass bet, but I will win my come so bet. So you're always got so something. something going on there. Yeah, but, you're so, always winning, but then when that, But if that comes up a point, you again place odds on that point. 
the money moves to the point. It goes to the point just as it is before, and you put odds. your things on there. Okay, so now you've done that twice. So, okay, so here's an example. So, suppose you put a pass bet down of three, and you roll a ten, and thus you put an odds bet down of three on top of that, because that's what you've got. So, if you leave it at that, and your next roll is a, if you roll a seven next, you've lost six, you're down. But if you would put a come bet down of three, you would win three as well. So, rather than being down six, you're only down three. Yeah. So that's why you do that. But suppose the second roll is also another one of those points. It's not a 10 because that would have been a winner. But now suppose you've got, uh, so what you want to do, you want to take down that point and then put odds on that one. So the first roll is a four and the second roll is a 10. Well, now you have four and 10 in play, which means because there are three ways to roll a four and three ways to roll a 10, and three ways to, or six, that's six ways. And, and six, six ways, ways to, to roll, roll a seven, seven. You are now at parity. You are likely to win at least one of those bets before you're, or you are just as likely to win one of the bets as you are to lose outright, which is why you want to take that second bet because now it's more likely for you to actually win something, that sort of thing. So is that enough? No, you want to do it yet a third time you put want to something on the time. come bar so again. again you put down another come line bet and that goes through you now have three numbers in play now at that point it becomes a bit dangerous to keep going you want three is pretty much the limit because if you put down a fourth bet because a seven is much more likely to happen you are more likely to lose your come bets and your pass bet than you are for that one to deal with that. The, the chances of rolling not seven four times in a row is much less than rolling a seven, if that makes sense. Because yeah, no, 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 of course. There's lots, because there's three, four, five, and five, four, three. So that's 10, 18, 24 ways to roll a not seven and not crap out. Or not seven, not 11. There's, there's 24 ways to do with that. So if you you want to cover as much of that as possible without making but it's difficult to do that so many times in a row mm -hmm. that sort of thing so that's the reason so, why so basically basically pass bet point bet moves odds right. come line roll it goes to right. say the other one odds okay. if you so, do it the third time yeah. stop well you need yes once you hit your third one so let's calculate calculate what are the odds of not rolling a seven I knew four times in a row? I we got to be able to do that. Yeah. So what you do that by calculating the probability of not rolling a seven and then multiplying it four times against itself four times because each roll is independent. Yes. Okay. So you want to determine how many ways of not rolling a seven on the first row. And then for each of those ways, you want to determine how many ways of not rolling a seven on the second roll. And then for each of those ways, you're finding out how many ways to not roll a seven on the third roll. And then do that same thing again for the fourth one. So that means we have six ways to roll a seven and 30 ways to not roll a seven because we are including the craps bits on that. So the probability is 30 out of 36 yeah, that makes sense. to okay. not roll a seven. So that means for each of those 30 ways of not rolling a seven on the first roll, there are 30 ways out of 36 to not roll a seven on the second roll. And the third roll. And then for that one, you've got 30. So that's 30 over 36 squared. Okay, and you keep that up for four rolls. That's thirty over thirty-six to the fourth power, 
which is 48%. It's just under half 50% to deal with that. And that's why you say after that fourth roll is it's right around 50-50, but it's it's it, right we're, around 50-50 against we're, you. We're, we're tipping to the other to side. To the other yeah. side. So if you're feeling lucky, go ahead and take that fourth one. Because but sometimes odds, you have a feeling, Brian. Yeah, and that feeling is don't split your tents. That feeling is me hitting you on the back of the head going, what the hell are you doing? Sometimes you have a feeling. And stop it, stop it, stop it. So, so for three in a row, it's about 57.9% that you will be able to do that. that okay. you'll be able to get three non-sevens in a row. And that's, that's like, I would take 57% when I've got money on the table at a four and 10 because you're at parity, as right. you said. So that's fine. Yeah. So now there's another way to play and that's to bet against the shooter. Because you because the way that we've been describing it is that you are betting that the shooter is going to win. That when they roll out that first set of dice, they are going to hit 7-11 or or not, and not crap out. And if they get a point they're going to make their point. The other way to play is the exact opposite. I think the shooter's going to lose. That first roll is going to be a 2, 3, or 12, or they're going to hit a point and they're not going to make it. The odds are slightly better to bet against, against the, shooter. the shooter than it is. And I can really go into that. The problem is the difference between the two is outrageously small. It's about... So, yeah, is the difference between the two of them. And when you... Because it's not the house's odds. This is the the don't pass line? This is the don't pass line. Yeah, because there's a pass line. There's a pass pass line and and a don't don't pass pass. line. And you'll notice that on the craps field, the pass line is this big. The don't pass line is that big. Because people don't... And the come line is that big, and the don't come line is that big. Because people generally don't bet against the shooter. Some people do. Some people do. It's called wrong betting, because you're betting against the thing. And when you do that, everybody hates you. Because, damn it, you're betting against me. And how how dare you? And, and craps is a fun communal game. It's a social game. It's a social game that they deal with that. And, you know, blowing the dice and we'll roll it there, etc. Sort of thing. So the difference between the two is too, so small that you would need to be playing quite a lot to even notice. I was uh, doing my research on this to be able to get my notes. And I'm reading up on someone who pointed out that if you had spent something like, uh, it was like 16 hours a day playing craps with an average of so many rolls per hour that's how long you would have to play to see any real noticeable difference in, in between playing the, 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 the yeah. amount you would have won compared to or i should say the amount you're losing compared to what you were losing that before just doesn't seem still, worth it yeah, it's just, it just not it doesn't seem worth it. worth it and the the way you calculate is a little bit different and the strategy is a little bit different for playing against the, this way is just a very simple it works. It's a good strategy. You don't do any of the stupid bets. You make a pass bet. You lay down odds. You lay down as much odds as the table allows. If they're playing single odds, that means three, four, five for uh, for the outside ones. Outside going in. The outside going in. It's three chips, four chips, five chips because you're doing it on bets of three. If they're playing double odds. You double that amount. If it's five times odds, ten times odds, a hundred times, whatever it is that you can afford, bet as much as you possibly can because otherwise you're leaving money on the table. And I think a lot of people do that. I think especially downtown, you'll see cheap craps mm-hmm. with huge odds mm-hmm. or bigger odds. Right. But 
it's a type of gambler that can't necessarily afford that. And right. so they are leaving money on the table. And by leaving money on the table, you're giving money to the casino. Yes. In a yes. sense. In a sense, you're dealing with that. But that's the problem about craps and why it's somewhat a difficult thing because you need to have a good bankroll to survive some bad runs of dice. Because that'll because happen. Because even just normally, suppose you're playing normal craps. So you put down a bet of three. And suppose you get a six, which means you need to put down five on top of that for your odds bet. So now you're at okay, eight. So now you're at eight. And then you do it again. You put, you put your three on your come line, and suppose that comes out as an eight. So then you're so at you 11. another five on top of that, so you have another eight. So now you have 16 of your units on that, and you put down your third bet, and suppose it comes down as a five, which is seven on top of that. So you have eight and eight and seven. So that's 23 units. And if you're playing at a $5 table... That's $115 that you have sitting on the table. That can all go away in and a if, seven. And if someone rolls a seven, it's all gone. Now, if you hit a few, you're up. You're up a lot. And so every time and you're one up of your a points, lot fast. And you can be up a lot very, very fast. And so if you make your points and you get them, you just keep up. So, so for instance, uh, my pass line, my pass was a six, and I have come on an eight. Uh, and you giggled! Uh, <laughs> So yeah, so I, my pass is a six, and I've got come on five and eight. If I make an eight, I take my winnings and I put another come bet down, so that I always have three in play. Mm -hmm. So that's why you can easily start raking in money very, very, very fast. But then a seven comes up and it wipes it all out, and you've lost all the money that you have out on the thing. So if you're going to be playing craps, you if on a five dollar table, you need to have a bankroll somewhere around five hundred dollars to start off with just to play for a while because you can easily lose a quarter of it right off the bat yeah i mean because you got some bad dice I, our, so our friend jeff and you met jeff at yeah. uh, our christmas party <clears throat> we all went to vegas for billy's bachelor party and we told the story thousands of times but one thing that we don't mention is he got it from the blackjack table and decided to go play some craps and he started with a decent bankroll a few hundred dollars right. but when he came back it was like a stack of black chips yep and if you don't know what black chips are, those are hundreds. Hundreds, hundreds yeah. And he made about $1,000 in about an hour and a half. He started with a big bankroll. I mean, he you probably he probably start started with, with 500 with yeah. 500 bucks, yep. but he walked away with 1500 because mm -hmm. that can happen. You just you get up very it's fast. It's the flip side of it. If you get a good roll of dice, suddenly, oh my god, you're swimming in money because they're paying straight exactly. odds. They are paying legal not legal odds. They are paying um Fair odds. Fair odds. Fair odds. Fair the odds. true odds are at the craps table. Yeah. Well, and the funny the funny thing about that is that of that $500 could have been gone in 25 oh, minutes. Yeah. Just like Just that. Just like that, yeah. And I've actually lost $100 at a mm -hmm. craps table in 10 minutes yep. because it was – I literally walked in in a seven, four, seven, <laughs> yeah. four, ten, seven. It's like, God damn it. But that happens. It happens. So, so that's craps. That's the basics of craps and why you're going to deal with it. Now, with this – you can sort of get, take a look at the other bets that are in craps to determine whether or not you're willing to take the crappy, exactly. to take the crappy odds that they are giving you at craps for these things. Because, like I said, there's other bets. You can play the field. You can buy numbers. That is, rather than leaving it to the luck of the dice to say, oh, the point is six, you can come on and say, no, 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 I want to buy six. I'm betting that a six is going to come up before a seven. And then I'm going to lay odds it's called laying odds when you buy the number and deal with that. It's not as good because 
of the because you're not dealing with the probability of the dice doing their work for exactly. you you're sort of overriding the dice and the and so therefore the odds that they pay you back are not quite the same and therefore it's not as good but there's other things playing the feel etc so there's all sorts of things take a look at that chart that will tell you what are the odds of each number coming up you can then determine there are so many ways to get a winning result out of so many ways to get a losing result that'll tell me what my odds are and that'll tell me what i should win for whatever it is that i bet and then you can compare what the casino is actually going to give you compared to what they should, should be, be giving, giving you. you and then you determine whether or not you're up to that and that that's kind of roulette we're not if we do roulette that'll be with the poker thing because roulette is very very simple it's a very simple game but roulette really that's all that roulette is is that there are 38 numbers out there and they don't and yes and so therefore when you bet a single number it pays not 38 to 1 36 to 1 it's 35 to 1 35 to 1 that's 35 right 35 to 1 because you get 36 back right so it's it's 35 to 1 and so you're losing three off of your odds there so but roulette is all about it's it works exactly the same way here's the ways to win here's the ways to lose here's what my odds ought to be and they're not paying me that so that's craps hopefully the next time we are going to be covering blackjack oh god blackjack is complicated blackjack it seems like a, such a simple game it's not but it's not it's if, if I, I have a great story when yeah. we do it yeah and if, if billy's around and he will share it with you about <laughs> billy and then i'll go into more detail but at one point we were because there's a variant of blackjack that we play that's no longer at the al cortez called double attack blackjack yeah i don't tell you oh, we, yeah. we can talk about why it's a weird variance variant. on on blackjack out there but we're, we're 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 driving we're driving out and i hear billy under his breath going two three four seven nine four six nine and i'm like what are you doing is like because he had memorized the strategy yeah. for double attack yeah. and he's just running through the numbers and because you know with blackjack there's a whole strategy and the odds yeah. and what's, what you do on what on what right. but just just the, the idea that you know if somebody memorized it, it was I mean and then we double attack was gone so we made fun of him that weekend it was great <laughs> all right there you go so, there we go that's our show today we're dealing with craps hopefully the next one about blackjack will happen before we go off to it's quite Vegas, possible because we have a whole month <laughs> that we can 38 that. days 38 days to do yet another recording on I this. will be in Ohio for a right. week I right. might be on History of Bad Ideas okay. if we can get it all together but um, you're shaking the table and oh the I'm sorry <laughs> I do that um, but in between the time I come back and, and we yeah. all go right. we should be able to do this hopefully that would be fun alright so we are on the Musings of Geek podcast network there are an infinite number of podcasts on there so do you know all of your podcasts? I don't no, know because I I, I, I broke I broke them so. all out because I actually broke out because some of them stopped updating with me or in general, so I've just kind of moved them to classic musings. <laughs> um, but kind of like what are you into? Yeah, it's, it's, exactly it's in, in, one, in one exactly one episode. It's been a cloud, My but, episode. But we've got you know we've got we've got uh, pop culture analysis. Yeah. We've got comics and, and video games. We've got. Um, movies. We've just got comedy podcasts. Um, there's a Doctor Who podcast. Yeah. Which they haven't updated in a while. <laughs> and the new season just came out. I know. Have you, have you been watching I, yes, season? I have. And I love it. I love Capaldi. I'm not crazy about the Sonic Sunglasses, but I, we can... <laughs> I knew about the Sonic Sunglasses before it is because I've been playing the Doctor Who uh, app. Ah. The ball matching game that they have for that. And it's like, but Sonic Sunglasses? That's an item? So yep, it's Sonic Sunglasses. It's Sonic Sunglasses, sort of but it's been it's been a good season so far. So, so yeah, we've got here now that I have the website up here. We've got uh, Musings of a Geek, History of Bad Ideas, Lucky Ten Thousand. Who are they? They're on the Bearded Ones podcast network. Yep. Um, 
Pittsburgh Nerd Pod, Red Horse Radio, Sons of the Renaissance. Uh, Which are not a rena- they're not a podcast about the Renaissance. And Billy was very upset. <laughs> <laughs> very upset. Sweating the small stuff, which you're listening to right now, and who the what now? We've got movies and TV with 365 flicks, Arrow of Time podcast, the Comic Roast presents the Movie Roast, and pilots. Have you done a pilot? We haven't done a pilot in forever. It's been a long time since we did pilots. What is your next pilot? I have no idea. <laughs> I would love to do a pilot because I don't have to put together a show that week. Well, Supergirl is coming up. I, I, we can do do I, every, every time I every time I suggest one, Des says no. Well, that's because no. he doesn't like. Anything. Uh, well, a, a, it's a DC. We all know what he thinks yeah. about DC. So there is that. So, uh, comic roast, graphic novice, green up podcast, my comic shop history, uh, forty going on fourteen, uh, bearded ones podcast, dark angels and pretty freaks podcast, which I think I still have their little uh, uh, swag thing. That they sent some swag. Somewhere. I, ah, here it is. Ah, found it. it is. My dark angels. Dark and, and pretty freaks. freaks. My little cozy here that we got for it. So there's that. Uh, Salty Language Podcast, Vice Podcast, The War Pod, and then, of course, the classic musings. There's a bunch there's of them. There's a whole bunch of them, Arkham and stuff like that. Hopefully, they will be able to get back together. But uh, thank you very much for watching this. Hopefully, this will not be just an audio podcast. I will indeed have recorded amazing. down the video. <laughs> that would be It'll be really, really great. It'll be so amazing <laughs> that we can put it together. Uh, but if not, there will be we'll be doing this again. Uh, yes. <laughs> we'll record it again. And thank you for watching. This is Sweating the Small Stuff with Brian Evans, where the devil's in the details. Mm-hmm.